As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. And we're having 20 minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Welcome to the 50th episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. That's right, 50 episodes. Today we talked to the one and only Sean Ellis. We discussed how he increased revenue at Qualaroo just by changing up their pricing model and his motivation to build the community at growthhackers.com. Stay tuned. Lots of really good information in this one. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to codeship.com slash rocketship to get 20% off three months. We'd also like to thank InVisionApp, 
Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. Go to Envision app forward slash rocket ship to get the starter plan free for 90 days. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocket ship to start sending emails that convert. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. We're here with Sean Ellis, the founder and CEO of Qualaroop. Sean, welcome. Thank you, Michael. Um, so tell us, um, for those that don't know, what does Qualaroo do for you? So Qualaroo is really uh, customer voice of customer insights, primarily for improving the experience and conversion rates on your website. So um, you know, p- people are constantly guessing. Guessing A/B tests, you know, trying to iterate to improve, uh, you know, performance of a website and meeting goals. But Qualaroo just makes it really easy to ask users, like, "What what are you trying to do? What's stopping you from doing it?" And when you get that that feedback from customers, you can just be a lot smarter about the changes that you're making and improve it just a lot more quickly than just sort of random A/B test guessing. Totally, yeah. So, and you had um, this was originally a Kissmetrics product, right? A, a it was right. a premium so, Kissmetrics. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, I had been an advisor to Kissmetrics, and I'd actually encouraged them to develop a survey product okay. to complement their funnel analytics because the uh, qualitative insights are are really important for conversion rate optimization, and they had the great sort of quantitative uh, analytics tool set. So yeah. they got into it um, through my encouragement, and uh, and then and then ultimately, though, that their their sort of core business was was taking off so much that they weren't giving it the attention that they thought it needed, and and I saw an opportunity to go in and acquire it and uh, and develop it on my own. Nice, well, nice. With the team that I have. Yeah, yeah. So what um you guys did a little bit of um trying to find the value of it once you acquired it. Tell us a little bit about what that looked like. Uh, yeah. So the f- first thing that I did, yeah, they were using a freemium business model and that was, that was the type of business model that I had used with, uh, with Dropbox and log me in and, and a bunch of other companies. So I was, I was pretty familiar with how it worked. And, and basically, you know, on a high level, you need, you need a, a free version that's good enough that, that people really evangelize it and spread the word. And if you can kind of get that growth engine going, then, then what you give up in sort of lost revenue, you make up in like upgrade rates and that, that ultimately you're selling into a much bigger pool. Okay. And so I looked at how they had implemented freemium for Qualaroo and basically basically realized that they just didn't put enough value in the free product to, to, to make the, the, uh, the, the engine work. So first thing I did was I made the free version much more valuable, much more flexible, and, um, and nothing happened. Okay. (laughs) So I, I was, I was certain that, that, that was going to accelerate growth and, and, um, it was going to be awesome. And what we, what we really saw was, uh, was that it actually didn't, it didn't, it didn't help at all. And so, um, but we learned something and that's, that's really kind of early stage startup. It's Mm -hmm. all about, it's all about sort of validating your assumptions. And when things don't happen the way that you expected, trying to understand, why they happen that way and seeing what you can do with that new piece of information. And so for us, we really learned that when people needed voice of customer insights for optimization, they really needed it and, and they were willing to pay for it. And when they um, didn't know they need it, even if it was free, it didn't create a whole lot more demand for it. So there just wasn't nearly as much price sensitivity. So we, we went the opposite direction, really invested in bringing the product to the next level to, to really do the job well and have uh, we, we discontinued the free version, 
increased pricing on the on the paid versions as we as we added functionality and and uh, and so yeah, it's it's a it's a more expensive product now. But you know, in the in the big picture of things, um, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month uh, if you're if you're uncovering one insight that that improves conversion rates. That's that's often you know I, I, I know of single a b tests that have led to million dollar plus totally. gains so so the the uh the the cost side it either works or it doesn't work and if it's working it's worth it and if it's not people shouldn't pay for it right <laughs> <laughs> so um did you go back to those free customers and and say hey we have more value here we're going to start charging or uh, well, we grandfathered them in for, for probably a year and okay. then we finally, we finally discontinued it for nice. them. And we still have some people on some of the cheaper old plans and, uh, but they're, they're pretty, they're cut off from a lot of the functionality that we've introduced in, in the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, slowly but surely we're moving people to the higher value plans and it's just, you know, part of it is, is basically, um, you know, Building building a business around sort of an uh, an enterprise sales and distribution model versus a more of a consumer or prosumer or small business okay. distribution model, and we we've moved more toward the enterprise model where you just can't serve all customers and and do it effectively. So you know the ones that have been on those old legacy plans, we just sort of have have cruise controlled them, but but basically. Basically, building the business so that we've got prices that are high enough to support a sales team where they have interesting enough commissions and they can provide yeah. a little bit more consultative selling and some of the things that it's, it's, uh, you know, it's just a different model and, and one that um, has led to much better growth in the product, uh, nice. which, is, which is the whole point of changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if you can, um, would you mind talking to us at all about the sales team and, and what what you found um, was the good number that started to motivate for you guys. Like, uh, you mean like their their on target earnings or the number of salespeople or the sorry the um, the kind of price of the product that allowed you to to grow a sales team? Um, yeah, so so our average transaction size now is probably it's probably a couple thousand dollars. Okay. Because you know a lot of people are buying on annual plans, and we've got more expensive plans, um, enterprise plans, and other things. So um, the I think once we got to once you get to a couple thousand dollars, I mean you still need a pretty high velocity sales process. You're not going to do two or three sales a month and and right. get a commission and, and do well with that. It just doesn't. So so essentially they they basically need to do multiple sales per day okay. to have a good commission and uh, and. And you know, we, we, and and justify even the, the their base salary and everything else. Right. So, you know, between between one and three sales a day, um, they're they're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well, and so you know, and and then it's all about lead gen too, and making sure that we're generating enough enough leads for them, and and you know, or alternatively that there's an outbound calling model that will okay. would work. So far, we haven't really tapped into to that very well. But um, again, that that uh, an effective outbound calling model because you're looking probably at longer sales cycles. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, we probably need to have an average transaction value of closer to say ten thousand dollars to really support effective outbound calling. Okay, and that would be like ten thousand dollars a year for the service, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, it's also just you know what you know. So so it's ten thousand a year, but. Um, 
But we're like right, right now we offer quarterly plans and annual plans. If it's a quarterly plan, we mostly send them online just okay. to just to buy it. Um, you know, salespeople will be kind of tied tied into the performance of that account still. But uh, but yeah, we really encourage them to to move people toward annual plans. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that inbound lead process. Um, you guys have created one of my favorite communities, Growth Hackers. Um, what what prompted you to to start that, and then how do you use it for lead gen? So yeah, so was, <laughs> what we found one of the big growth vectors for Qualaroo was was just branding that we have on the unit itself. So um, there's a little powered by Qualaroo that runs runs on our uh, on our small small business plan. Okay, and so um, that that works really well. When it's on the right site, so okay. if it's on a, uh, you know, if it's on like a, like Disney or some some kids site, you know, who who cares if a bunch of kids are clicking on power <laughs> customers, you know, versus if it was on a marketing site, um, the the uh, the conversion rate was actually really good from a from a click, like a hundred okay. times better than when it was on a less targeted site, okay. and so what we what we decided was, uh, you know, we. One, if we could build a big audience ourselves, then then it was a good place just even to to kind of demo the product, and then and then the other piece is that in the marketing tools and technology business, um, the one channel that seems to work pretty well for just about everybody is content marketing. Okay, and so you know essentially marketing is evolving so quickly. There's so many new tools and channels evolving, and things that worked last week aren't working this week, mm-hmm. and so. Um, marketers are pretty information hungry, and and so mar- most of the marketing tools companies have realized that if they pump out quality content, they can build a relationship on that and drive conversions from that content to to customers. Yeah. Um, but the content creation business is kind of a pain in the butt, and uh, I I just did not like the idea of having to build a big team to create and manage content and crank that content out, and with I mean, there's there's thousands of marketing tools now, and everybody's realizing that content is how you distribute their your product. Mm-hmm. Like the Y Combinator class, most recent one, more than half the B two B companies were marketing technology companies, which is way more wow. than they've had in the past. And it's just so you got all these companies that are coming out and this glut of content. So we we saw an opportunity to essentially aggregate that content and then uh, have a community that could curate that content. So. Kind of looking at the the playbook of a Reddit or um, Hacker News or essentially any place where where you have people voting on content, submitting content, commenting around that content, and just mm-hmm. building community around that content. And so, um, so you know, the, that was a couple of couple of uh, different sort of things that led to to building GrowthHackers.com, and then uh, and then I also just a couple of just personal voids. So those are sort of the opportunistic things. Mm-hmm. A couple of personal voids was it's really hard for a marketer to build their profile, you know, their personal profile among their peers. And so yeah. I e- even at uh, when I left Log Me In, I'd, I'd run marketing at two companies, both of them from sort of customer zero to, to IPO filing, and nobody knew who I was. And okay. I, I, there's there's a ton of good marketers out there that just had no reputation, and I and I had to to basically start blogging and and building a Twitter following and speaking at conferences. And once I got, kind of got all those things going, I could build a bit more of a reputation and start to really build community with other marketers. But 
that was the other thing with growth hackers this is that I really wanted to give people a platform where um, they could they could interact and, and build their profile among their peers and, and yeah. learn from their peers and get inspiration kind of on a daily basis and so we launched it last October and uh, and it's been flying I mean it's look at the Alexa ranking compared to any other marketing site out there and you'll see that we were, were passing a lot of well-funded marketing companies totally left and right and and uh, and we really haven't put any money behind it we've put limited people resources behind it but um you know it's been really like three of us working hard but it's just hustle 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 you know and just Mm -hmm. making sure making sure that we kind of got got the community to that tipping point where it was self-sustainable and then and then really trying to build on that momentum ever since yeah you guys kind of hit it right when that growth hacking um term was was becoming really popular in the marketing community yeah. Um, how have, like, when you go there, I don't see Qualaroo, you know, right. I, how do you drive people into your pro? How do you use it for your benefit? So, I mean, we, like, it's, we're, we're pretty subtle with it because it's, uh, you know, our goal is not necessarily to, uh, to, you know, to, to short term milk it for everything we can. Totally. So, I mean, it, we've, we've really just used the product like any other customer would where we, we pretty early on through surveys figured out that most marketers get their their information from Twitter, for example, and so we've really kind of plugged into Twitter as a growth vector. Um, we we just you know it's it's essentially through through running targeted surveys to to people and having that powered by on there, we're able to drive enough lift. But probably probably the biggest you know it's very indirect in in the the benefit that that Qualaroo's gotten, but probably the 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 biggest benefit has been it, it's raised my profile personally to where now every big market, you know, I keynoted an Optimizely conference wow. yesterday in Seattle. Um, I'm, I'm speaking at the at HubSpot's inbound conference in, in a few weeks. Um, I'm, I'm essentially essentially a lot of these conferences where um, they hadn't invited me to speak you know, since, since I, I ran, since we started growth hackers, I've, I've basically been doing a presentation every, every week, you know, for the last several weeks where it's either a web webinar or a live presentation, you know, flew, flew, flew out to New York for a percolate conference called transition a couple weeks ago. And it's, uh, and, and what's nice is that it does, it spins the flywheel on both Qualaroo and on, on growth hackers and, and, Further improves reputation, which leads to more invitations, which, lead, you know, so it's, yeah. it's one of those things that um, and every time I speak at a conference, we hit we hit record trial numbers on Qualaroo. So awesome. um, so they, they definitely go together. I think Qualaroo benefits more from growth hackers than growth hackers necessarily from Qualaroo. But, okay. um, you know, we're building out functionality that I think will uh, will will benefit both properties and kind of bring them a little bit closer together. And so that's, that's kind of the next phase is to, is to bridge that a little bit more. Nice. Nice. So you've been, um, in marketing for a a while now and, and you've probably seen a lot. What is some of the, the more interesting kind of growth hacks that you've seen that you didn't even think might work? Um, I think that, that, you know, a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it is 
is, is more kind of like how I was saying with, with Qualaroo and growth hackers that it, it tends to be more of kind of a flywheel where it's not, it's not like a single growth hack. That's sort of that breakthrough thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like I can, I can tell you in the first company I was in, um, you know, just realizing that if we, if we widgetized our game content and embedded that game content around other websites, we could drive more, more traffic and engagement than if we just went out and bought ads. And yeah. so, so we sort of had this viral, viral distribution on widgetized game content. And it was in the mid nineties where, um, you know, you just didn't see somebody doing that really until you, YouTube kind of used that same game plan, you know, four or five years later. But we, it was an engine that, that brought us to a top 10 website in the world. And then, uh, and of course we got caught, but we got, uh, acquired by a big, a big enterprise that, that kind of didn't understand it and turned it off. And then oh. we're disappointed that the growth rate stalled, but you know, <laughs> and they kept buying uh, TV ads. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I mean, so, so early on, I think there's always sort of creative, creative things, but it's, it's more about sort of looking at the nature of a particular product and, um, and what is, what is that unique advantage that a, a particular product or service has and how do you, how do you really tap into the growth channel that makes the most sense? So for mm-hmm. games, it, it was this engagement and, and it was exploiting an opportunity that most other websites were looking to improve their engagement, their yield on visitors. And so we could, we could basically give them something for free that made their own website more engaging and then gave them a return on sort of page view that we actually did pay out a, an affiliate fee for people who converted through these games. And, okay. But it was, it turned out like it was about 10 times higher than they could get through an ad banner that added no value. Wow. Like they, they, they would actually have good, good engaging content, gameplay content on their website and they were able to generate significantly more revenue. So kind of just finding those, those win-win opportunities, yeah. um, you know, Dropbox, Dropbox, the same kind of thing where it's, where it was basically, um, just looking like the nature of the product, there's, there's great sharing and collaboration opportunities within the product. And so we played around with Google AdWords in the, in the early days, but yeah, clearly there was just so much more to be gained in, in maximizing how people shared, you know, giving them more prompts to share, taking the, taking the experience on someone who, who hadn't been exposed to Dropbox and, and making, making just a, a, a clear kind of introduction to what Dropbox was and driving a conversion flow that, that, that made sense and, yeah. and just kind of turning up those, those knobs. So again, like I, I think a lot of it's not sort of, it's not sort of, uh, kind of, kind of an individual growth hack as, as, as much as it is sort of understanding the nature of a product, the nature of a market, the unique advantages a product has, how you can drive distribution through product experience more than just sort of kind of that traditional go out and, and, and buy some advertisements and, and, you know, hope to build something interesting sort of playing on the, the, the battlefield that, that essentially most, you know, and when, when you're in a startup, you just don't have that many resources and trying to go head to head with companies that have, have essentially an infinite amount of resources compared to compared to what you have as a startup um you just you just can't win that game so you you have to sort of you gotta you have you have to figure out something that's a little bit more unique but it's not it's i i think it 
it tends to tends to not be sort of as rocket sciencey as someone might think. It's, <laughs> it's more about just sort of thinking what are the unique advantages that my product or service has. Where are my customers? To you know the potential customers that I'm trying to get. Where are they today? How do I how do I bridge those things so that I can come up with a unique distribution channel for that's that's just just kind of unique to my situation and yeah. realizing that a lot of times it's not going to work the first time you try it or the second time and that you're going to have to keep tweaking until you get the thing working. But but ultimately that uh, if if it does work. Um, then, then a lot of times it'll scale and, and, and create something that's pretty interesting. Nice. Why do you think um, large companies aren't necessarily adopting this rapidly, this, this kind of uh, marketing thought? Um, because people don't care. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, they care, but what I'm just saying is that like they – a lot of times in a big company that they're, they're kind of nine to five. They're sort of, they don't, they don't have that sort of desperation plus ownership that just kind of makes you makes, makes you sort of say, man, if I can figure this out, this will be incredible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if I can't, I'm going to be out of a job, you know, <laughs> like yeah. not, not because I'm going to get fired, but because the company's not going to exist, you know? And, and, uh, I think that kind of a situation really forces you to, to think outside the box and try things where, you know, if you're, if you're working in a big, really big company, you're as worried about getting in trouble for doing things that are non-traditional as, as you are about, you know, trying to achieve results that, mm. that are, are going to reflect well on you that, um, there's a, you just kind of don't have the same incentive structure to, to really, um, do things. But it's, it's funny. I was, I was actually, at this this conference that I was at yesterday, uh, I, I found it really funny that someone from Microsoft was saying that, well, we're no Amazon when it comes to resources. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this happens all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was talking about her little tiny business unit, but it's just amazing that someone someone at, at Microsoft would be would be talking about not having the resources of something else. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Sean, for coming on. Where can we keep up with you online? Um, and and where do we find um, Growth Hackers and Quaraloo? Yeah, so Quarrel, I'm, I'm pretty sorry. active on Twitter. Um, so just Sean Ellis, S-E-A-N-E-L-L-I-S uh, is my, my Twitter handle. And then uh, growthhackers.com. I'm on there every day, too. And um, you know, encourage people to, to post and ask GH if you have, have a question for me and the community will jump into. It's a, it's a great kind of great way to sort of spark discussion. And, you know, everybody who answers is, is kind of in exploratory mode. That's the only reason they have answers is that they, uh, they're, they're as curious as they are knowledgeable. So, um, yeah. And then, and then Qualaru, if you're interested in trying it, it does have a free trial, a couple week free trial. And, uh, so those, those are, the, those are the, the different places where you can engage with me. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Michael. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up. And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them.
on tape for posterity. Thanks,